Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week, we look at Lesson 7 in preparation for Sabbath, February 13th. Join us as we look at Isaiah chapter 36 through 39 and look at how God defeats the Assyrians and shows us how we can defeat our Assyrians as well. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. Okay, Lesson 7. Here we go. Defeat of the Assyrians. Isaiah chapter 37, verse 16, New King James Version is our memory text. O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. You know, it reminds me very clearly of Revelation 14, right? Six Mm -hmm. to seven. Mm -hmm. Uh, Worshiping him who made the heaven and earth. But but also seeing here, you know, the worshiping of God who is, you know, the Shekinah glory Mm -hmm. there in the sanctuary. And so we're going to see here a, a, a clear picture of what happens when you don't acknowledge that. And when you don't acknowledge that, God allows his glory to be seen and heard. But when you do acknowledge it, he allows himself to be seen and heard. Amen? That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. Uh, uh, Michael, uh, anything you, you have uh, before we get started here? Yeah, you know, I just think this is uh, really a story of God's engagement, involvement in yeah. in human affairs, right? It's true. And so it's just a reminder of what God's power and God's control through all of this and uh, recognizing sometimes our limitations as well. Yeah, that's true. So tell us a little bit about uh, Strings Attached on Sunday's lesson. All right. Well, Second uh, Kings uh, really kind of gets into this. Uh, verse 13, in the fourth 14th year of King Hezekiah did Sennacherib, king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah and uh, took them. And this is very interesting because uh, there is archaeological evidence that kind of supports this, that shows when this happened. In fact, we're uh, talking right before we got on for this particular episode. We're going to bring an archaeologist on here. Yeah, uh, Jonathan Gardner. Jonathan Gardner, who has some expertise in this. So we're going to get kind of an archaeologist, a specialist point of view on some of the archaeological evidence and some of the historical background. So stay tuned for our listeners that that we're going to have a special special episode featuring that. Uh, but what what really is happening here is um, you have the story of Hezekiah, uh, who is the opposite of his father, Ahaz. Mm-hmm. And um, Hezekiah, and it's interesting because, uh, and again, we'll have a specialist tell us a little more <laughs> of the nitty gritty details, but, but there is in the archaeological record um, some evidence of Hezekiah's reign and where he restored uh, some of the, um, uh, for example, like in the temple, uh, and and so we have some of the the evidence uh, for uh, his reign, uh, and what's going on is that he is sort of stuck in a hard situation. Yes, he is. Uh, where it's no fault of his own, but here they are stuck paying tribute to the Assyrians, and this is what we call protection money. Mm-hmm. It's meant to try to. Uh, make sure that hey we're we're gonna we'll pay you off so as long as you leave us alone and 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 don't bother us. It tended to be very exorbitant, uh, where you know they're they're having to pay this this huge tribute, so they're definitely having a hard time. It's not something they want to do by any stretch, but they're they're basically more or less forced to do. And 
in the in the midst of that, um, Assyria is growing stronger, and uh, that's really uh, leads to yet another uh, confrontation, and that's what we find here next in Second Chronicles. Uh, verse 32, where Sennacherib comes to Jerusalem itself and he's going to basically destroy um, Jerusalem. And and if you go to Jerusalem to this day, um, yeah. so some years ago, I went to, there's a big Bible conference, all the Adventist theologians and stuff around the world church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was like 2010 or 12, somewhere around there. So about a decade ago, roughly. Um, big Bible conference in Jerusalem. And uh, one day we had a little bit of free time and I went to go find Hezekiah's tunnel. Maybe <laughs> some people have heard of, heard of this, maybe have even been there that are our listeners. And uh, because of the siege, they had to find access to water. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did is that to protect themselves, they, they made this underground stream. Um, and you see, that's what happens. That's what's described for us here in this chapter the Assyrians are blocking up the water supplies. Yeah. And so here they are trying to get access to water. Yeah, it's, it's amazing when history and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. our, all these things come together to show yeah. us, yeah. man, these are real people. These are yeah. real situations. Yeah. And the Bible does a wonderful job of, of chronicling. Exactly. You know, it's the book of Chronicles, right? <laughs> of exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and by the way, the, the fun part was, is that as I was going to the other side of Jerusalem, uh, hustling it over there, because I wanted to make sure during this break that I had, I could make it through the tunnel. Uh, it didn't take that long. I think it was maybe about 40 minutes. You can still, to this day, walk through. You pay a little bit and you just kind of mm-hmm. go through this underground tunnel where there's a stream. It's wet. So okay. I, I stopped and paid five bucks and bought myself a little <laughs> pair of sandals and walked through it. And and, and part of the reason they know this particular water source is authentic is at the very end of the tunnel, uh, they found in the wall an, uh, an inscription uh, attributed it to Hezekiah there that dates the tunnel to this very chapter of the Bible. So again, a great <laughs> biblical evidence confirming or archaeological evidence confirming the word of God. That's really awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, you know it, 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 along with that comes mm-hmm. uh, Monday's lesson, which is yeah, propaganda. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, we see that not only is history repeating itself, right? But we also see that the ways of warfare repeats itself. Um, and uh, I'm interested in talking to uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Garner yeah. mm-hmm. next week about some of this because yeah. uh, apparently uh, the author of this lesson uh, hints out hints that there's some some evidence of this actually happening as well. But uh, basically, Sennacherib he wanted to kind of fool uh, the children of Israel into giving up. He doesn't want to just go in there and bombard them with 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 all of his forces. Mm-hmm. So what he uses is propaganda. Mm. And for those of you who are listening, don't know the definition of that. That's info that's misleading or oftentimes biased that is used to sway the masses. So he's trying to give them false information or fear tactics to try to sway the masses from Wait a minute. to Wait give a minute. up. Propaganda? Oh. <laughs> I thought that was just a long time ago. We don't have that problem today, do we? Uh, I'll turn on the news and find out, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't this, the, the, this is the same problem. I mean, it's interesting that all the way back then, yes. uh, the same question of truth-telling and how do we know it's true, uh, what we call an epistemological crisis that we're facing in our culture, yeah. people are questioning news sources, questioning everything, authorities. 
Um, and and we have to recognize, and I think God's trying to lay bare and say, hey, wait a minute. Watch out. Yeah, pay well, attention. Well, and, and you know it's propaganda when they say this advertisement has been paid for by... <laughs> have mercy. <right? laughs> Usually around election time, right? Especially around election time. And they give time. the sl- most slanted news about a person mm. that they possibly can in order to try to slander them and in order to try to sway you to vote for the opposite party most of the time. Ouch. Or they give only the good news, the highlights, to make you vote for this person. Wow. So we find here there's a gentleman by the name of Repsheka. And Repsheka comes and he uses this. Uh, he's, he's a messenger. Mm-hmm. And I want to read particularly verse 7 and 8. I'm not going to read the entire thing. Mm. Listen to this. Uh, I actually want to read in the contemporary English version just because <laughs> it, sure. just, it just added a little bit more pop when I was reading it. Mm-hmm. So verse 7. Is Hezekiah now depending on the Lord your God? Didn't Hezekiah tear down all except for one of the Lord's altars and place of worship. Didn't he tell the people of Jerusalem and Judah to worship at the at that one place? The wow. king of Assyria wants you to make a wants to make a bet with you people. He wow. will give you two thousand horses if you have enough troops to ride them. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> this is a this is a telling speech. Imagine, it is. yeah. And and we see that the Assyrians eventually mm. see they had over one hundred eighty five thousand soldiers. Like. Yeah. Plus, right? Yeah, exactly. So he's saying, we, we could defeat you so easily. Just give up. Wow. Just give up. He's goading them to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I just found it so funny as it was going through. Mm-hmm. And it asked this question, was Repsheka telling the truth? And that, and that And that's the scary part about all this, which yeah. is oftentimes in order to sway the masses, there's a little bit of truth mixed in with falsity, right? Yeah. And to determine what is true and yeah. what is not, mm-hmm. you have to go back to the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. Did did Hezekiah do those things? Is it possible to repent though? Mm-hmm. Is God still in charge? Yes, God is still in charge. But Repsheka was saying God is not in charge. God cannot save you, and that's wow. where he messed up. So, Michael, tell us a little bit about shaken but not forsaken. Have mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, they're just trying to preach, aren't they? <laughs> they are. It's a good alliteration there. I like yes, it. it. Is. Uh, you know, uh, here is a description in Second Kings eighteen and nineteen, uh, basically. Uh, Hezekiah realizes he's in trouble. Yeah, he does. When you have a huge military force all mounting against you and they know they're coming for you, from all human perspective, you know that you're a goner. Yeah, it's and, true. And I mean, you want to hear a prayer of, you know, clearly <laughs> someone's in distress. And, yeah. and, and, and I, to me, that gives me some hope, by the way, because I think Beautiful in our hope. Christian experience that we can be real with God and say, you know, hey, I'm in trouble. Yeah, I messed up. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Help me. Help right. me, yeah. And, and and this is exactly what's happening here is it's a prayer of distress. And and I think that should remind us when we are in trouble, be real with God. Yes. Keep it real. And then uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 37, verses 5 through 7. I'm going to read this from the NIV. It says this, When King Hezekiah's officials came to Isaiah, Isaiah said to them, Tell your master, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid of what you have heard, because those words which the underlings of the king of Assyria have blasphemed me. Listen, when he hears a certain report, I will make him want to return to his own country, and there I will have him cut down with the sword. <laughs> so th- this is amazing hey, because, yeah, you know. Thank, thank you, Lord. Right? <laughs> God, God speaks a word of truth yeah. and says, I don't care what anything else that's going on and all, everything else that you hear. I need you to depend on my word that I'm going to take care of so, you. So and that, that's the question is, who are we going to trust? Are we going to trust Repsheka? Yeah. We're going to trust God because mm. there's a lot of Repsheka speaking right now. There is. They're telling us. And it's, you know, it's so dangerous because 
Listen, we talk about conspiracy theories all the time. We do. But also, what can happen is we get so jaded with conspiracy theories, mm -hmm. we forget about biblical truth. Yeah. And so the enemy uses all the above, and that's yeah. the thing. We have to stick to what is truth, and what is truth is yeah. scripture, right? Exactly. We see the signs of the times. It's just that I don't know exactly how they're going to unfold. I'm mm -hmm. not going to try to guess how they're going to unfold, mm -hmm. but I'm going to stay true to Jesus Christ. I'm going to stay true to believing that he is coming a second time. Yeah. It's just that I'm, uh, I'm not going to get into the nuances, <laughs> uh, but making sure that we're not listening to Rep Shack or we're listening to the word of God. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I like this. Um, you know, I just recorded a thing for the Keen Church I was working on, on conspiracy theories and yes, all of sir. this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I saw uh, that. This and I think there's a proclivity that we have towards uh, conspiracy theories. And part of the reason why is a lack of faith and trust in God. Mm. And so when we're looking for whatever it might be, you fill in the particular, I don't want to get people distracted by any particular conspiracy <laughs> theories, but you fill in the blank yes. with whatever a, it is, especially, especially with end time events. Um, I believe the end time events are going to happen, and but but I also believe God's going to carry me through and take care of me. Yeah. And so if I look at the events and all the craziness that's happening in the world around me, it's going to drive me crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I love yeah. the book of Joshua. I just finished it. Do not be, do not fear, do not be dismayed, mm, right? Wow, Trust in me, right? And that's, that's what we're called to do. So it goes right along with that, Michael. And, and if we look at Isaiah chapter 37, and try to pull it up here, mm -hmm. we have a beautiful prayer by Hezekiah, a prayer of faith. Indeed, indeed and, we do. And um, this is just, I just encourage our um, listeners, take some time and maybe prayerfully you and God pray a similar kind of prayer and say whatever challenges uh, that seem insurmountable in your own life. Uh, and I, I love it. Just Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, enthroned between the cherubim, lifting up God and, mm. and, and just the, the grandeur of a wonderful God that we have. You alone are good, are God over all the kingdoms of the earth and you've made heaven and earth. Give ear, Lord, and hear and open your eyes, Lord, and see. Listen to all the words that Sennacherib yeah. has sent to ridicule the living God. And, and by the way, I, I want to point this out. Not only does God, does Hezekiah acknowledge who God is and, mm -hmm. and how wonderful he is, he acknowledges God's in control. Yes. But what, what's interesting is what Hezekiah is praying. He's not praying a prayer for his own safety, ah. but he's praying a prayer saying, look, your reputation, God, this man is, is trying to take you down and give a, a wrong picture of who you are. He's ridiculing you and because of your reputation for your sake. And so he's concerned about God's reputation. I love that here. And of course he describes, you know, all the different things. And, and then he has a prayer that says, Lord, deliver us. Amen. Deliver us. And, and you know what? I think that's the key mm -hmm. there, Michael. Yeah. Deliver us. Mm. I know oftentimes, even in my own life, I say, deliver yeah. me. Deliver, deliver my family. Yeah. But no, it's yeah. not about my family. It's about all of our families. It's yeah. about us, not only as a nation, it's about us as the church. And we belong to a community, community of believers. Of faith. Mm -hmm. And we need, to be, we need to be praying for each other. We need to be involved in each other's lives. Absolutely. Well, tell us the rest of the story, Buster. You know, the rest <laughs> of the story is it's actually a good story, right? All right. So God hears the prayer. And I have, I have to just add this. Mm -hmm. Prayer is so important. You know, yeah. uh, Joseph, Dr. Joseph Kidder, I remember taking his class and he explains how the average pastor mm. prays less than seven minutes a day. Have mercy. The average member prays less than three minutes a day. Wow. And we're wondering where the power is. Yeah. For some reason, and I trust God fully and completely, he is saying, I move when you pray. Mm. Right? I, yeah. If my people yeah. call, who are called by my name will um themselves and pray. 
it says that's when I'll, I'll move, right? Mm-hmm. And so we see here, Hezekiah uh, prays and God hears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so uh, I'm going to just read a couple of verses here. This is Isaiah chapter 37, 21 through 37. I'm going to do some highlights here. And this is God's response, uh, verse uh, uh, 29. I have seen your pride and the tremendous hatred you have for me. Now I will put a hook in your nose and a bit in your mouth. I will send you back to where you came from. Talking uh, to Sennacherib here, uh, verse 32. I, the Lord all-powerful, will see to it uh, that some who live in Jerusalem will survive, right? And he's he's continuing to speak. And then verse 36. Mm -hmm. The Lord sent an angel to the camp of the Syrians, and he killed 185,000 of them all in one night. The next morning, the camp was full of dead bodies. Mm. And then we see that uh, Sennacherib was actually killed in one of the temples of his gods by his own sons. Mm -hmm. And so we see what God said was going to come to fruition was going to come to fruition. So Hezekiah did the correct thing here. Mm -hmm. He trusted God Mm -hmm. and God came through. And the same thing for us. When we trust God, God comes through. So make sure you're not listening to the propaganda and you're listening to God in his word. Absolutely. Well, moving right on to uh, Thursday's lesson in sickness and in wealth. <laughs> <laughs> these are cracking me up. Yeah, they good. are. Yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, you know, after all of this, and God uh, gives them the victory. Yes. Uh, which is just uh, phenomenal. Uh, and, um, and, of course, the story goes on. At, at later on, he's, he's sick. God heals him. Uh, and there's a time of prosperity in the, in the kingdom. Uh, and, and so there's this beautiful story of God uh, helping him. But, but here's the challenge. Yeah. Is that he began to trust in his own strength again. Ouch. And as part of that, he, and, and the real crux of the story is when there's an envoy from Babylon that come and, and he starts to trust in himself. You know, look at all my riches. Look at all my wealth. Look at how God has prospered me. And he is now starting to, whether he realizes it or not, is effectively taking credit for what God has done and Ooh, blessed him with. Lord help us. Yeah. And, and wow. I mean, just talk about a, a change of what has happened. And then there's this stern moment of rebuke. And it just makes the hair on, on, on my just tingle you know this this tingly thing feeling as i as i read it and um this word of admonition this is why no one wants to ever really be a prophet <laughs> isaiah has to go to the king and and ask some very direct questions what, what where did these men come from and tells them and what did you show them and shows what them are you all doing? Wealth and, <laughs> yeah and it's like what's up <laughs> what were you thinking and, and then finally, he has this word of rebuke. And this is the tingly part. Hear the word of the Lord Almighty. The time will surely come when everything in your palace and all that your predecessors have stored till this day will be carried off to Babylon. Mm-hmm. You know, the part of this that really bothers me is when Hezekiah yeah. speaks up and says, at least it won't be in my time. Yeah. But your children yeah. and your children's children, they're yeah. going to suffer as a result of it, you know, and, and that that's where you realize how far gone his mind and his care. It's not even thinking about the future. Yeah. Yeah. That prayer that used to be for us yeah. became about me. Mm. And that's the problem. Yeah. When it becomes about me and not about us. You know, that it this, uh, shows you the deceitfulness of sin and of our own hearts. The, it's, the, our hearts are treacherous. Yeah. And yeah. we need to constantly surrender them to God 
in a spirit of humility. And if not, no matter what we've accomplished and whatever good God has done in the past is in danger of being ruined. You know, I'm reading a book right now and uh, he said one of the biggest blessings, the biggest curses is the gift of accomplishment. Mm. He says, because sometimes Mm -hmm. we want to take credit for what God has accomplished. He's like, but true leaders, true people will actually give that glory back to who it belongs to, which is God and God alone. And our greatest gift that we can give back to God is simply our faithfulness. Yeah. That's, That's how we need to measure our success, which is our faithfulness to God. I love it. Well, I think that it couldn't be a better way to wrap up another week is uh, looking at what uh, God has done, giving him the credit and uh, looking at our community of responsibility, Mm -hmm. that that we're a part of a community of faith um, and never to take credit for what God has done. Amen. So I think that puts a wrap for another week. This is Soup. And Swoops. Signing signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.